Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Welcome to another fabulous episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. Wait a minute. Who are you? I am Optimus Prime. And I am confused why you're using that voice, but I am Sam with Bowser Consulting. I don't know. I just, uh, I've been fighting a head cold for like a week now. Yeah. And occasionally... Going a little bit deeper feels a little bit better on the throat and the nasal passages. I got you. And I would imagine that you're probably susceptible to head colds more than the rest of us, seeing as though you're in a di- different atmosphere. Yeah, the, the jet stream does affect me slightly differently than the normal human being. It does. Yeah. And, and, and remember, gang, out there in, in pod land, it's not the height, it's the shoes he wears that makes him appear tall. I was out in stores last week. Last week, Sam. How tall are you? Five, two. It's all in the shoes. And three people looked down at my shoes. Yeah. 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 Obviously, obviously, people that have not uh, listened to the podcast. Speaking of not listening. I'm listening. Hours near days of show prep got us to this point, Sam. So let me fill the listeners in. Earlier today. I was, I don't even know what I was doing. I think I was scrolling through on, on Twitter and a song popped up on a video and this song is my number one earworm. I am not a fan of this band. I don't have any of their albums. I've never paid for a single record, cassette, eight track, CD, DVD, download, nothing. I haven't pirated them. I, 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 I am not a Rolling Stone fan. As soon as Paint It Black comes on, it is stuck in my head for days. 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 And I know every word. I can hum the whole thing. I can, I, I, I don't know why. It just gets lodged in. I've got a question. Far away. If you know every word, why do you hum yeah. the whole thing? Oh, because I don't like the way I sing, but I like the humming part of it better because the lyrics are nice, but it's it's that groove. Dum 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 dum. Like that groove just just gets stuck. And the words are okay, and the words are actually really cool. It's a nice story, but but the 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 groove just gets stuck. So you're stuck in the groove. I am totally stuck in the groove. Other than an earworm, and and if you've got an earworm, I let's let's talk it through. But I want to explore the possibility that there's things we might do in a store where we get kind of earwormy or we're not really paying attention, but we're just kind of like in that groove. Would we maybe call that a mind worm, a job worm, a task worm? Oh, wait a second. You know what I think it really is? Mm. Because the the phrase that we use for it doesn't really exist because there's no such thing. But I think what we're talking about, Drew, is muscle memory. Yes, actually. Yeah. We are completely talking muscle memory. I'm doing something else and that song will come on and whatever I'm doing, I'm just kind of locked into to that groove. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, wow. We stumbled onto this. That's crazy. We didn't talk about muscle memory at all in show prep, but 
I think that's what we're talking about. So then let's let's talk muscle memory, Sam. Okay, before we do, I want to give you my uh, earworm. Oh, yeah, yeah, please. Because it happened last night. I was out in Belleville, Michigan at a bowling alley. People still do that? That's the kind of glamorous life I live. I was in Belleville, Michigan at a bowling alley. Uh, no, I wasn't actually bowling. I was playing darts. And I was not throwing particularly well last night. Just a bit outside. Which, you know, I play darts now about once every seven weeks. So uh, apparently my mind worm or my muscle memory has left the room. Wow, I was able to tie this story in. That's crazy. Well done. But anyway, I, I was playing particularly poorly and a song came over the, I don't know what you call it in a bar, the sound system, the PA, the stereo. I don't know. What do the kids call it these days? And it was my favorite. The speaker. Yeah, there you go. It was my favorite Rush song, and I immediately started throwing better. Redbird Kid will do that to you. Yeah, right? I mean, it was, yeah. uh, I started singing, I started smiling, and the darts started going towards where I wanted them to go. Last year, it was the 40th anniversary of that album, and they, uh, the Rush YouTube, they do this thing now called Visualizer, where they update the video for the song. Yeah. And it's because that album is called Moving Pictures. It is just a series of of still frames that kind of have something moving in them. So it's less a video and more more picture that um, like like in Red Barchetta, suddenly you're you're looking at the barn and then the car pulls out of it. Oh, that's cool. I got to check that's on YouTube. It's on YouTube under Rush's official channel. Yeah, I got to check that out. Hey, I've got a Rush question for you because I think you're more musically. I think your music acumen is stronger than mine. So I got a rush question for you. Up until like 20 years ago, maybe kind of stopped, but continue. At what point did you know that the rush moving pictures album cover was a triple entendre? All right. So I'm, I am the, I'm the anti-popular person. Okay. So for years, because Tom Sawyer was on the radio, all the time. It was. I didn't like Tom Sawyer. Okay. Right? I I'm, I'm that guy. I never knew so, Tom personally. So I'm, I'm going to, I understand that. <laughs> so moving pictures was never actually my favorite album. Okay. I was, I was always a signals guy. Okay. When did I find out about moving pictures? Probably uh, late nineties is when you knew it was a triple entendre. Yeah. Yeah. When I actually, when I, yeah, it would be late '90s when I updated the CDs from cassettes. Okay, and bought the CD for it. Yep. Yeah, I didn't find out yeah. until like three years ago when somebody said it on the radio, and when they said it, I almost drove off the road because I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" So, explain to the listeners what a triple entendre is and why the Rush Moving Pictures album cover is indeed a triple entendre. All right. So, so first, after. 2112 would be the last one. So after a farewell to Kings and Rush's discography, for those of you that don't know, Rush has three band members. And do we just want to tie this in as a two twins in an album and let them just take this piece and use it later? Yeah, I, I don't see why not. So Nubs and Toph, if you're listening, which um, Nubs probably is not and Toph maybe, uh, here you go. You can take this and run with this on uh, two twins in an album. 
So for those of you that are not Rush fans, Rush has three band members. They only have three band members. They have forever had three band members. And after the farewell, at Farewell to Kings and after every single cover, except the last one, references the three band members in some way, shape or form. Whether it's that there's uh, like on the counterparts, there's um, three, three pieces, a bolt, a nut and a screw. There's like everything has three things on it. So once you dive into what's on the moving pictures cover, it's it's people moving pictures into a museum. Once you actually look at the pictures, you'll see that uh, the pictures are tied to the band members, tied to previous albums. The people in the pictures are the band members or their alter egos because they have some play people. It's tied to the band like 35 different ways. Yeah, and and the, the way it was explained to me as a triple entendre was it is it's showing people making a movie, which used to be called moving pictures, and the people are carrying pictures. So those pictures are moving in the moving pictures, and the pictures themselves are emotional, which makes them moving pictures. So it's moving pictures that are moving while being made in a moving picture. Crazy. So now back to our regular scheduled topic, which is one one last thing on that. The the artist, the artist, is, the artist that did most of their albums from might be from Fly By Night on is you seem S S I M E S E Y M E. You can actually follow him on Instagram. He does a lot more than just rush stuff, um, but his artwork is is fabulous. Um, and he'll actually go in and explain he's he's done um, album covers for like 15 or 20 different bands. And as Instagram, he'll explain how either the producers or the label adjusts the album cover, mostly against his will. And then what the album cover was supposed to be. It's, it's really cool stuff. If you're into, you know, the, the artist side of stuff. Well, and you're probably not because in today's day and age, we just download music and we never see the album art. It's a, it's a lost art. Correct. It doesn't. Well, the albums don't exist. Yeah. The album art is a lost art. Although they're coming back. Have you been in a Best Buy lately, or or a Target? Dude, um, uh, records records just passed CDs and sales for the first time in like thirty years. Yeah. Well, I mean, CDs are dead. It's, it's well, crazy. And, I mean, and yet vinyl is coming back. So I would say the Seven Elevens, watch your milk crates because albums are coming back. Let's let's jump back into the Domino's Pizza store slash restaurant and uh, and tell me where we're headed with this muscle memory earworms thing. Well, I'm just thinking like like if if I can go and get a song stuck in my head for days, there's stuff that we do around the restaurant that is kind of the opposite, where instead of it getting stuck in my head where I'm, I'm going home and I'm stretching pizzas, that would be bad. It's the other way where I'm doing something. I'm not really paying attention to it because I've done it so often to your point. I have the muscle memory for it and I, I can divert the rest of my brain power off. I mean, wow. If we really want to get deep into it, this is part of the atomic habits with, with building the habit because once it's a habit, your brain wants to go into sleep mode. So you're not paying attention. It's that whole concept of uh, driving home and not remembering the drive home because your brain's like, Oh, we're doing this again and kind of turns off. Right. So it's that muscle memory of, of what are some of the things around that, that you've just developed the muscle memory? for? Well, for me personally, it is stretching dough. I can do that without 
thinking about it. I can do it while having a conversation with somebody. I don't even need to look at it anymore. And I, I've never been able to figure out why when I stretch a 12-inch pizza and I put it on the screen, I mean, it's almost always exactly 12 inches. Not like I'm thinking about it while I'm doing it. So, I mean, maybe it has something to do with the hundreds of thousands or probably millions of pizzas that I've stretched over the last you know, year or two that I've been doing this. You were pretty good at the blindfolded pizza making too. That was kind of fun when you and I did that. I was always amazed that both of us came in under a minute on a blindfolded pizza. I mean, let's talk about that, right? Making a large hand-tossed pepperoni pizza in under a minute is where we need to be. And I think we've got to instill that in our teams. And I think that if everybody in the country could make a large hand-tossed pepperoni pizza in a minute or less, we'd be exponentially faster and better. Exponentially is probably about the correct word for that because you would save all those seconds and those seconds would keep piling up and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah. So the muscle memory for the dough stretching for me, saucing, I can do it without a lot of thought, but I definitely have to slow down on that last swirl and pay attention because I can't just hit a three-quarter of an inch border on a hand-tossed without looking. I still need to look, even though my eyesight is not what it once used to be. Um, how about you, man? I think it's cheesing for me. Yeah? Yeah, because I, I, I do this flip thing Yeah, where I, I don't like pull my hands up out. I just kind of flick them towards me. I, I don't even think about it anymore. I, I could, I could cheese like 40 pizzas a minute. Just flick, 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 like doesn't even, there's no thought process. You know, and I would say the three steps that we've talked about so far, the stretching, the saucing and the cheesing, the cheesing is probably one of the most valuable ones to be able to do it without thinking and hit the portion correctly, because there are some folks out there struggling with with cheese waste i don't i don't hit the portion i will admit i'm always point one under ah you're always one of those guys point one under uh-huh. always point one under yeah point one under all the time <laughs> but you know what to your point with the sauce yeah okay so you and i started when how many sauces did we have one right so if you stretch the pizza what's the next thing you do put that one sauce on it can't tell you how many times I sauce pizzas incorrectly. Really? Oh, with the wrong sauce? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, all the time. Okay, so here's, all the time. here's a question for you. Back in your operating days, how many attempts did it take you to make a no-sauce pizza? What was the worst ever? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This, those are terrible. Right? Absolutely terrible. Yeah, the only thing worse than the no-sauce was the no-cheese. We had more no cheese pizzas and, and I'd always cheese it just because again, flip and done. So yeah, I'd always cheese it. How do we keep doing this? We keep stumbling on really great examples of what we're trying to talk about. So if you've got muscle memory and you sauce and then you just cheese, but the order has no cheese and you didn't read the order because I'm not to the toppings yet. So sometimes the muscle memory can help you and sometimes it can be a hindrance. Like that pie cut thin crust. Oh, Lord. Right. That is the worst thing on the planet. The right? pie cut thin crust. I'm a big believer in you've got to shoulder the responsibility and do the remake when you've done something incorrectly. 
But oh my goodness, remaking a thin crust because you square cut it instead of pie cutting it, that is, that's tough. That is, that is making a hard decision at the moment of choice that I, I, I have struggled with. It's usually easy for me to make that decision because my forehead is almost in the pizza <laughs> as I'm banging my head into the table. Well, you know what? That's, that's, a, that's a distance to travel for you, especially with those shoes. That is. I break the sound barrier on that. That's crazy. So what about, uh, what else do you think where muscle memory comes into play to help or to hinder? I don't know about you, but I, counting money. Really? Tell me more. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I speed count it. So if the, the bills aren't faced, man, I get really ticked off really fast. Yes, I do too. I was going to say I don't, but that would be a bold face lie. I didn't start that way. I learned that. I learned that from my fabulous wife who made me face bills for a little bit. And then I, I can't get out of that. Tell me if you've ever had this discussion after you became a bill facer, because I was always a bill facer and people just look at you and go, what the heck's wrong with you? Because you can identify that you can identify that like it, it reduces errors. I can identify the bill faster. Tell me why it reduces errors. Because I agree with you. If you're not facing the bill, the backside of the bills are very similar other than the corners. Where if you're, if you're facing the bill, the front sides are, are, there's more differences. So I can look at the front side and I can very quickly catch a five is different from a 20. And, and I can pull that out and I can, I can keep going. It's just the way I, oh my God, it's muscle memory. It's the way I train my eye. Yeah. And here's the other thing. This was my experience when I was a general manager. And, and for a lot of our listeners, you know, most of your sales are credit card now. So this isn't as big of a deal. When I ran stores, we didn't even take credit cards. And we had to count exorbitant amounts of cash. You said that and an earworm popped in my head. And all I hear is, when I was a young what? <laughs> wow. Very nice. When I was a manager and we took all kinds of cash, it seems to me that the drivers that faced their money, which by the way, they all did before checkout, but oh yeah, you couldn't turn in your money without facing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is correct. I was that guy. But the drivers that faced their money throughout the shift were the ones that were never short. The ones that just shoved wads of money into their pocket were the ones that were always coming up five short, 10 short, 20 short. And I will say this, one of the things that, one of the things that for some reason I'm extremely proud of is in 40 years of this business, I have never, ever had a miscounted deposit, not once. And I attribute that to, to my stupid need to face all the bills and wait, my stupid need to face all the bills went a little bit higher and, and some of some of our younger listeners will have no idea what I'm talking about. But do you remember when the new 20s came out and then the new 10s and then the new 5s? And um, I think we're still on the same ones, aren't we? Have new ones come out? Yeah. Yeah, they stopped. It was too costly. Yeah. So when the new 20s came out, not only would I face the bills, but I would separate the new 20s from the old 20s. I would love to be a fly on the wall inside the bank when they counted my deposits, they're like, uh, he faced it. Oh my God. He separated the twenties. They're just OCD in you. They just have you pegged as an OCD person. That's all. 
They did, but I had a legitimate reason. Follow me for just a second and see if this makes any sense at all. Because I used to train my MITs to to face their bills. Sam, you're the one that hit the record button. I kind of have to follow you through this. I used to train my uh, my managers to face their bills and make sure that they did the deposits the way I did them. And this was the reason why. You don't know who's counting the money. And the banks at the time were supposed to have witnesses when they did when they counted night deposits. Did that happen all the time? I'd be willing to bet no. And I'd also be willing to bet that if there was a teller that was unscrupulous and they saw my deposits, they'd be like, no, that's not the deposit I'm going to say was short. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, so there you go, kids. When you're counting your deposit tonight, that's $42 because 90% of your sales were, uh, were, credit cards um, make sure that those eight fives and two singles are faced so okay 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 so so muscle memory as a driver do you put everything in different pockets uh cash in one pocket coins in the other oh i did i did key. well i'm left-handed right so keys are in the left front coins are in the right front my bank is in my rear right and my whatever they give me is in the rear left oh see my money was always together, my cash, and always sorted with ones on the outside. So when I pulled it out, you saw That's ones. All I saw. Yeah. Um, but, you know, of course, there was never more than 19 in cash because I always had coins, which, by the way, did you see the latest standards change? Did you see what's no longer in the standards? No. Drivers don't have to carry coins any longer. That standard has been lifted. That's probably five years past due. So good. Are you serious? Oh, five years past due. Like it didn't yeah. happen five years ago. I'm not just, yeah. I'm not just late to this party too. No, no, no. But yeah. And I, um, I validated that with, uh, with Ken and he said, yeah, we're not, we're not looking for that anymore. That's because 90% credit card. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think it's a worthwhile change. I would say this though, if I were a driver today, I would still carry change. I probably would never use it, but I want to have it in case that customer asks for it. Yeah, I'd have a dollar and change, a couple quarters, a couple dimes. Yep. I, I might just carry four quarters. And if somebody wants their change, I'm going to long change them um, because so few people ask for change. I rarely carry pennies and I just, I just did the same. Like, like, here you go. Pennies need to go. No, if pennies go, then you can't have 99 cent stuff. It creates instant inflation, dogs and cats living together. It's terrible. Life as we know it would end. <laughs> Got to keep the penny. Wow, that escalated. <laughs> quickly like this entire episode has de-escalated quickly and that the way you just ran um yeah one? i mean this has been random um, escalations i would say that this may be one of our most entertaining yet least informative episodes and that's okay every once in a while sam yeah i think so too it's okay to get 90 plus episodes in and be like eh, we phoned this one in we didn't really phone it in. I just started by singing Paint It Black when you hit record. And that's all. It's fine. So, gang, you've been uh, hopefully entertained for the last 25 to 30 minutes. Has it been that long? I haven't even, I didn't even time this one. Oh, I did. It's 24 minutes. It's 24 minutes. Cool. By the time yeah. Lucas puts in six minutes of sound drops, uh, we'll be at 30. So, um, even Let's if it, it falls short of 30, I hope you uh, got some entertainment out of this one. We promise. Scout's honor that the next one will be informative and help you indeed take it to the next level and be better than yesterday. 
My fingers are crossed when he said that. Yeah, that I would say it. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, dang. Son of a gun. Well, well, one of us will do our best. I, I don't know which one it'll be. There you go. Thanks so much for listening, subscribing, following us. If you don't already, when we post about this episode, please share it on your socials because your friends pay more attention to what you say than what we say. And with that being said, this has been another fabulous episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Drew Helmholtz with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I am Sam with Bowser Consulting. And hey, if you happen to be at the Canadian 40th Anniversary Rally at Caesars in Windsor while you're listening to this, find me and say hi. Well, there you go. All right, gang, go out there, sell more pizza. And have more fun. Bye-bye. Woo-hoo, see ya.